the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There won't be any rewards for refusing to wash feet. No rewards for refusing to stoop. It's just going, it's going to ask you one question. Do you love me? If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. So how does your life show that you are saved? Well, that's what we're looking at here today on this edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're in John chapter 13, looking at verses 1 through 17, this model that is worth following. Jesus himself shows us the full example of his love for us by serving. There's a lot to learn. Join us. Here's Pastor Phil, today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Then I hear these people say, well, I feel it in my heart, but I can't share it. I told her 20 years ago I love her, and that's good enough. And until I revoke it, I love her. Oh. Yeah. You know, I've talked to a guy sometimes that says, man, I love my family. I said, there's nobody in your family knows it. So well, I do. I just can't express it. Yes, you can. You can. You've got to. People around you are starving for love. And Christ in this room didn't say, I'm God. I don't know how to love these men in terms they'll understand. Yes, he does. He said they'll understand a servant. And tomorrow they'll understand a sacrificial death. I can do no more. My people will never have to guess whether I love them. And I want my people to love one another in such terms that he says in verse 35, even a pagan unsaved world will say they love each other. We're not theologians, but we can see love. We can see it. It's happening. See how they love one another. That's our assignment. That is the way we emulate the model. Well, how can we do it? What's some of the ways? He said, you can emulate your teacher and your Lord if you'd be willing to wash feet. You'll never be greater than the messenger who sent you. Learn to wash feet. Restore the fallen. Don't let your brother's needs or his dirt be an occasion of gossip, but let it be an occasion to minister. Harry Ironside uh, said something humorous years ago. He said, uh, if you're going to wash each other's feet, we ought to be careful of the temperature of the water. You would not ask anyone to put their feet into scalding hot water. You would not ask anyone to put their feet into a bucket of ice water. Ray Stedman said, some Christians try to wash feet without any water. They try to dry clean feet. They scrape them free of dirt, and unfortunately, sometimes the skin comes with it. 
That's why so often in the church, fellow believers don't want other saints to know they've got dirty feet. Because well-meaning saints can sometimes scald you to death. Sometimes they can rush in, and if they're not tender and know what they're doing, it's like a bucket of ice water in your face or boiling hot water. You said, I want to get them clean, but I like for the meat to stay on the bone. I, I've had people come to me, they'll come to the pastor and they'll tell on some of you, says, would you tell so-and-so to leave me alone? I'm going through a great trial and they're bugging the daylights out of me. And I usually say, they're just trying to love you. And they said, yeah, but the love is burning. The love is cold or they haven't found the right way to communicate. And it is a tough assignment. Uh, we laugh about it, but as I looked at this, I've shared it before, but I shared again about having scalding hot water. Uh, I think of my brother. He um, tried to pastor four different churches over 10 years. And the main thing that was in common is they were all small churches and they all starved him to death. There was no money, just a lot of work. A lot of work. He stayed, kept climbing steel in most of them and donated his services. Well, after that uh, 10-year run, uh, he came back to the Bay Area in which a dad died of cancer. That was tough. And so he was uh, in dry dock. He was beat up. He wasn't doing well in spirit, hard times. And uh, moved back to this area. And on one day working on steel, as I understand it, uh, what was the tool when you heard try? A grinder. He had a grinder when he's doing something on the steel. And boom, it jumped. Split his eye. Nearly lost it. Steel went in it. Cut him. See him at the service. And you see a split. I have mine here where I fell on the broom handle. Went in three inches. So that's why I look grim. The grim reaper. But Paul's got it in the eye. He just, just jumped on him. Cut right through. Well, he's in the hospital. So I take a couple of young assistants. Uh, and these guys are at least 22, 21, full of life. And we go up to ministry to Paul. He's laying there. He yeah, man, all this. He knows it's true. And so, uh, you know, I know he's having these struggles and had, his attendance wasn't as good as it should have been. You know, he just wasn't there every service. So we go in there and we talk a little bit. So after a while, it's time for the senior pastor to minister to him. I say, Paul, do you think God is judging you for being carnal? You know, I don't know, but I doubt he sent you, kind of. What are you doing here? You know, real ministry, pouring oil in the wounds. No, we started starting a Christian life conference right there on this alien brother. Says, you know, you need to get your act together. You know, you need, maybe God's judging you. Now, I brought two other guys, so meet Job's comforters. You know, you must have sinned. But 
but I thought it'd be an encouragement to you, and we'll be praying for you. See you later. And in his sarcastic look, it was like, don't bother to come. I can heal just as quick without these kind of visits. Have you ever done that? You thought you were helping a brother, but you caught him right in the middle of their crises to recite everything in the Torah, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Book of Revelation, and Romans, and they weren't quite in the hearing mood. I learned to go shorter at funerals and don't preach at weddings and don't take people's crises as a time to teach them everything in the Bible. Sometimes just listen and hand Kleenex. It's tricky business washing feet. It takes an art. And I think if we're going to help one another and share one another's burdens, we've got to be sure that we're safe enough to wash the dirt out, to minister to the brokenness, and not come across pious. The Bible said if a brother's overcoming a fault, restore such a one with meekness or in gentleness. Gentleness is the way we handle people that need to be restored because they're fragile. The bone needs to be set right. Well, he says, if you like to have a meaningful and a happy life, do this. Now that you know these things, you'll be happy. Then say that. Now that you know the Greek, now that you win all theological arguments, you know, see, all, everybody in this room is educated beyond your obedience. You know a lot more than what you do. But truth doesn't make you happy till you do it. Knowing it can make you miserable. Because knowing is the first step to doing. Didn't James say something like that? Faith that doesn't work is worthless. Your goal in life isn't to hear my sermons and brag on them. There's no reward for that. The goal is to hear the word and do it. To him that knoweth to do good and doesn't do it, he'll still be happy. To him that knoweth to do good and doesn't do it, it is sin. James 4.17 Why are there so many miserable Christians? Do you know what? They've quit loving and they've quit serving and they wonder why they're miserable. He says you're happy if you know this model, if you emulate this model, if you do what your Lord and your Master does, if you'll humble yourself out of love, not out of compulsion, but because you love the Lord and you love His people, don't do it if you don't love See, that's why if you're not serving, the first thing is just, I want to get the love figured out. Because if you get love figured out, you'll find a way to serve. You will find a way to serve. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Well, um, we have Suzette and Rich Rollins and Third Base that tries to help people get involved. We've got ushering. We've got volleyball madness we've got children's ministries rich was telling me we're going to put a a sign on one class and say 
class no longer offered because we can't get a teacher after 40 phone calls? I said, put it on there and put it in the bulletin. It's not our job to do every ministry in the church. It's not our job to raise anybody's kids. We don't help kids unless we've got adults that think it's worth the investment. We, we only offer children's ministries because we've got adults that are willing to do it. We only offer a nursery because our women are willing to do it. And when I first started the church, people would come by. We were running about 38 people. And they'd always ask me, well, where are all your ministries? Well, where's your youth department? I said, I'm the youngest guy here. I'm 27. <laughs> well, we need a youth department for our kids. I said, we don't start departments unless we have somebody who wants to do it. I said, well, we're going to have to look for another church. And they did. They'd come and, we want this ministry. Don't have it. Where's your women's ministry? We don't have it. What are you doing? Oh, I teach about eight times a week. I did a men's study, women's study, a men's study at night, prayer meeting twice a week, preach, taught Sunday school, preached three times on Sunday. I went about eight times a week, ran off the bulletin in the garage, uh, didn't know what I was going to get paid from week to week. I didn't, I said, God hadn't called me to do all the things you want done. I just preach. Well, we're going to go church shopping. You must do it. I never, dawned on me in those days, had you ever thought about serving? Have you ever thought about maybe God brought you here to start what we lack? When you're a consumer and not a servant, you never think that way. I remember a man that got saved uh, when we were in Penol at Holy Ghost Hall. He was a zealous kind of person. Um, and one of these kind of people, give me something to do right now. Got saved. We didn't want to turn a Sunday school class over to him. Hadn't been saved that long. But they wanted to get busy now. They wanted to do something in the church. And, and what people a lot of times like that will do, they will put it on the church. Well, you didn't give anything to do. And so they transferred the blame to us. So he kept bugging me. And one day I said, do you really want to serve? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you want me to do besides run the church? I said, you know what? I don't know what, but I said, let's start. Let's start this way. I said, why don't we start you in the foyer of Old Holy Ghost Hall and, and start there? And he said, well, what, what, what do you want me to do? I said, just stay there until you see a need. And the first need you see, meet it. He said, what in the world is this? What does that mean? I said, well, let's start with our kids. We have a lot of kids come that the shoes aren't really nice. Would you buy a kid a pair of shoes? This is ministry? Yeah. To that kid it is. You know what? He did it. And guess what? He went right through this church, and as long as he was here, he flourished in ministry. He just, it was great. Had a great time. When you love Christ, you'll find a way to serve. I love the story of a young man that came to our church that uh, had fathered a child, had been tied up at Hate Nasbury on drugs, was spent. I remember a guy at seminary in San Francisco where I was going. He said, uh, I'd like to bring him to my church, but he looks too bad. They won't accept him. 
And I hear you accept anything over at that dance hall. I said, we do. Homosexuals, guys that walk in there barefooted, purses. Uh, when you're meeting at Holy Ghost Hall, you just take what it, send them. I just believe the grace of God could change people. I said, send them. We're not in a denomination. They won't send anyone out to check me out. Send him over. So they started coming. Started coming on Tuesday night Bible studies. Pretty soon this guy that he's bringing gets saved. Starts working tape ministry in the church. This and that. But something happened. He got a hunger for world missions. And he makes this appointment. And he comes in to see me and he says, Pastor, I want to be a missionary. And I'm thinking, oh, man, no. He, he's not going to get to first base. They don't want former hippie dope addicts that's got un, you know, children out of wedlock. You don't have a chance. You're picking the wrong level. And so he wanted the name of all these agencies that we were supporting and different missionaries. So I gave him a bunch of names, and I was just thinking as he left, Lord, he's going to be disappointed. Uh... Man, I don't think he's even married at that time. They're going to ask about his... They're going to wonder where he went to Bible college. Uh, who was evangelizing at Haight Nasbury? Anyone evangelizing anybody? He was out of his head. And, and I thought, oh, he's going to be hurt. And he mailed this and he mailed that. Makes an appointment. Comes in and says, Pastor, has none of these agencies say I qualify? I don't have a Bible college education. My life has been this and that. He said, wow, I, uh, I feel I'm really disappointed. And I says, what in the world did you expect to do on the field anyway? You haven't been to Bible college. You haven't been trained. What did you think you could do anyway? He said, he said I just read the literature and a lot of them need someone to draw water. They need someone to buy food, cut wood, take care of their kids, do the laundry. I said, wait, wait, wait. You mean that's what you wanted to go to the field for? So you can haul water the rest of your life? He said, Jesus is worth it. Jesus would be worth it to me. I don't want to teach any classes if they don't want me to teach. I'm going over to, to set the missionaries that are there free from all this mundane distractions. I thought I could just get the water, take care of their kids, and do anything they want done. I just give myself as a slave if they would just evangelize the tribes. He's an elder in the church today. Never look back. The missing field's loss was our gain because it didn't keep him from being a servant. He's never stopped serving since that day. The model is Christ, friends. And I want to hear, you hear from me, I want to apologize to you for every time I've made you guilty and tried to get you to serve out of guilt. Please forgive me. And please remind me the rest of my ministry, I'm not going to waste my time trying to talk people into service. I want to ask them, do you love him? Do you love him? I left the Bible college and went to Fresno. I was leaving a denomination. I felt it was exile, the backside of the desert for me. 
Went to a church where I was not hired, given a position, and I was broke. My mom and dad and brothers and family kept me going financially. My wife went to work. I'm there, going to seminary, wishing I, I was in this Bible college with these students day and night. Mr. Prof, when you give them grades, you can get popular one way or the other. But now I'm in exile, and I just thought, God, how can I serve you? Nobody's calling me to preach. I found out I've come to believe this blasted eternal security, so they don't want me. What are you going to do with us? Well, God put me next door to a guy where I paid $85 a month because the Mennonites got me a good house for 85 bucks. And he put me next door to a beer-drinking, Jack Daniels-drinking guitar player that worked at a bar in Madeira. Hell-raising Oki. And we can hear him beating up his wife and his two kids. When I'd go to my car, my garage, adjoined next to their bedroom, and you could hear them screaming. One day I said, Stan, you know what you need? You need a Savior. What? Yeah, you need a savior. And you don't scare me. I grew up with Tom Douglas. <laughs> I'm not I grew up in San Pablo with rednecks just like you. You need a savior. Come on over, let's talk. The wife and the two children went in the bedroom. They weren't allowed to be in the front room when I was there. Too scared. About the third week I made my visit, he knelt. Two nights later, Diane says, would you show me how I could know Christ too? Remember? Pretty soon, Stan and Diane, we were taking them to church with us. The kids that ran for their bedroom now ran out in the front yard and hugged their dad. The woman that was beat up, healed up. Started being treated like a human being and not a punching bag. I said, Lord, is this what it's about? He said, Howard, if you keep loving me, I'll give you more ministry than you can keep up with. Work on your neighbor. And that man, I left him at a church when I moved back to this area. I tell you, if you love the Savior and you're not afraid to wear the towel, he's going to give you more ministry than you can keep up with. And when you get to heaven... There won't be any rewards for refusing to wash feet, no rewards for refusing to stoop, no rewards by blaming everybody in the church why you couldn't be involved. It's just going to, it's going to ask you one question. Do you love me? What have you done to act like your master and teacher? I taught you love will stoop to serve. Did you ever do it? But, but they didn't ask me. I, I wasn't trained. I, I, I just, man, I, I just went there to heal up. And what was going to be a two-month heal up, I sat on the pew for 10 years. Tell it all to Jesus. You don't need to tell me. If we drop every ministry in this church, it's fine with me if that's what he wants. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, as for me and my house, I want to serve him until my last breath. I can't serve him for you, and if you don't like his service, get out. That's your choice. I love this master. I've never been in a kinder yoke.
and serving Jesus. Sin is what's hard on you. Serving Jesus is a pleasure. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spending God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 